0: Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard. This week on Beer is a Conversation, Pete and I catch up with Scott Brandon, co-founder and owner of Bright Brewery in Victoria's High Country. Scott and his late wife Fiona Redaway founded the brewery with the desire to create a cellar door experience that provided great beer and celebrated the outdoor lifestyle of the surrounding High Country region. They first purchased the land for the brewery in 2003. The first beers made under the Bright label were brewed at Jamison Brewery near Mansfield from late 2004 and they were served at a temporary bar in Will Street Bright until the brew pub was commissioned on the current Great Alpine Road site in mid-2006. This brew pub model has provided Bright Brewery with a healthy business that has a reputation as one of the region's best destinations, highlighted through a string of tourism and business awards, and culminating last week when Bright took out Victoria's highest honour for tourism wineries, distilleries and breweries at the 2017 Victorian Tourism Awards. Bright will also soon open its new production brewery that will see its beers become available much more widely. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Joining us this week for Beer is a Conversation, we have Matt Kierkegaard and your host, Pete Mitcham, And we are joined by a very special guest, the award-winning, the gold medalist at the recent Victorian Tourism Awards from Bright Brewery in Bright, Scott Brandon. G'day, Scott. G'day, guys. How are you going? Good, mate. Welcome back to uh, Radar Brewers News. We, we did speak to you a little while ago, but not when you were... Um, perhaps quite so highly decorated. Perhaps for those who don't know, give us a bit of an update on where Bright Brewery's at and the uh, the recent uh, improvements that you've made up there, and then we might talk a bit about the award.
2: Sure, okay. Uh, we, uh, you know, I guess we've been, what, nearly 11, 12 years old now, and um, our brewery door has been running quite well over the last few years since we upgraded our cellar door experience um, with the restaurant and, uh, and kitchen. And uh, during that process, we did extend the brewery a little bit as well, and then we found that the main bottleneck for us, if you like, was uh, just our, our production capacity and being able to um, logistically move beer and, and ingredients in and out of the, the venue, uh, which is on the main street of Bright. So with that in mind, um, we set about working out how we can actually go about making more beer. And when I sat down and really thought about it, you know, it's quite important to me that our beer is actually made in Bright. Um, You know, we we did consider uh, contract brewing to help increase production capacity. But because, you know, it really means that much to me, I I thought the the only way to do it really is to look at um, expanding our brewery. So um, when we looked into how to do that, easiest, well, not the easiest, but the, um, you know, I guess the, the the, the solution with the longest term vision was to build a, um, dedicated production brewery in the industrial area of Bright. So that's that's what we've been working on over the last couple of years um, and we're just about to get it up and running in the next week or two.
1: So, Scott, how's that going to, uh, just in, in terms of um, numbers, because the thing I love about Bright Brewery, A, the beers, but also it's just, it's God's own country up there. So I guess the added advantage of going to Bright Brewery is that you get to be in that, uh, you know, the sort of Victorian a high country and whether it's you know summer yeah. autumn spring or winter it's just a terrific area a terrific a terrific region um the thing i don't like is that then when i'm back here i do find it a little bit harder to to find your beer so <laughs> are we are we going yes. is
2: that problem going to be solved fairly soon that's our aim yeah look and that's a question we get all the time you know that you're absolutely right we're extremely lucky here we're in a beautiful part of the country um you know that's why i wanted to make this home and and um and set up the brewery here and um you know one of the challenges we've had in is that with our limited production capacity we've really you know we, we reached a point where we we're really only able to make enough beer to supply our own bar um 85 percent of our own beer we were selling across our bar so um the only way really to address that and and you know we get a lot of customers coming through the brewery all times of the year the only way to Allow them to be able to get it uh, when they get home was to uh, to look at increasing our production. So, and you know, as I said, it's it's important to us that our, when we say you know this is Bright Brewery beer that it's actually made in Bright.
0: I'm trying to think when I first came down to the brewery, but it was when you had the original uh, brewery building. Uh, you had the bar out the front, um, beautiful area. I, I think you uh, you didn't even have the covered. Mm. Um, courtyard at that stage, and uh, you know, it was a real uh, hub. You know, as Prof said, a beautiful part of the world. I was down again in yep. uh, April, I think, for the High Country um, Festival, and we we swung by and caught up with uh, James Davidson there, and. Um, you, you had a big crowd in uh, on a Sunday afternoon. There was a, a biking uh, and running festival on that you guys were heavily tied up in, and it was wonderful to see people that had just finished doing a 22-kilometer mountain run um, cross the finishing line, get a hug from and uh, from their supporters, and then head up and have a beer um, to finish. And I thought it spoke so much about how wonderful beer is, and it's not, uh, you know, a, a negative. And you've grown, and you've grown, and you've grown. You're a very big part of the um, local culture. Could you have stayed at that size, and you know, had a successful business that you know provided for uh, you and the families involved, uh, and and all of the employees? Or did you have to grow to that next step, and then start chasing some of that wholesale market as well, or was that just a, a, a choice?
2: Yeah, look, that's a really interesting one. I I think you're right, and and. You know, we have really come a, a long, long way since those early days. You know, it was pretty much just a tin shed with a with an outdoor beer garden. I guess the the motivation for me comes from a number of areas, and you know, for for a start, uh, that that smaller type of business is really hard work, <laughs> and um, and it and it and to be honest, it it um eats into my. Uh, to my riding and skiing time so uh you know there was motivation for me to to make something that was a little bit uh you know that would free up my time a little bit more i don't know that i've actually achieved that you know i think i've worked harder in the last year than i ever have so but we have had a little bit on and um you know another part of it too is that you know we've seen the town of bright change quite a lot over the last uh 10 years and and you know i'm not saying it's because of the brewery it's certainly not it but to have a uh, business that is more, uh, I guess, uh, you know, financially viable and stable, it it helps to support the rest of the community to grow as well. And you know, we we really have seen a massive amount of growth in uh, in the tourism market in Bryce. I think when we were first here, it, it was sort of busy sometimes of the year. You know, during school holidays, um, long weekends, things like that. It would it's always been busy. But now we're starting to see that it's just busy all the time. And, you know, what that means for any business in town is it makes it more sustainable because you, you're not having to uh, find something for staff to do when there's no customers and, and still have to pay them or to let them go, you know, which people obviously don't enjoy when they're not uh, able to earn a consistent income. You know, and I guess for us, it's it's helping for us to build a sustainable business, but also a sustainable tourism industry for our town
0: it's interesting to hear you say that because again i I was astounded how big the the the, the brew pub had grown i thought well you know this is really exciting to see and uh i I guess i'm looking less at you guys but you speak to a whole lot of guys who have uh, followed in your footsteps and they think well here's a great little um you know tourist town doesn't have a brewery i love beer um people seem to be getting into this craft beer thing this you know bang this is going to work and it's interesting to hear uh you say that you work so hard and some of the some of the lifestyle that you would choose to live in bright for is hard to achieve because you're so busy doing the brewery do you think that there is that risk that people fall in love with the destination they they love beer and don't realize that their initial enthusiasm and uh, desire to make it work can sometimes be a finite resource
2: yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, I think it is a risk that uh, you know you, you do need, I guess, a certain volume of customers if you're going to run a, a cellar door and um, or a, a brewery door, and you know we're lucky and bright that it's had enough um, visitation and we've been able to build that. We've been in a position where the rest of the towns on board and we've been able to grow it. Um, and, and make it more sustainable. Look, I don't think that necessarily means that it won't work in a, in a smaller town or a, or a less, uh, you know, a, a more seasonal tourism town. Uh, it certainly can, uh, but it is also going to be a lot more work and, and it's going to take uh, much more uh, of the owners, who, the, you know, the, the owner of the brewery is going to need to be there on the Sunday afternoons um, because, you can't justify paying wages to somebody when there's no, you know, when the number of customers might be customers might be variable, and and, and unknown.
1: Last week, Thursday, I think it was. We um, or Friday morning, we woke to the news that. Um, and can I just point out your marketing manager, very much uh, earning his bickies up there, not for the he did a good job, didn't he? Not for the earning of the award, but certainly for the spruiking of same. Um, yeah, we woke to yeah. see that uh, you you guys had picked up a, a gold medal at the Victorian Tourism Awards. Um, first of all, what did you have to do to uh, to nominate? What what sort of uh, criteria was it was it based on? And then talk us through, I guess, what it means for you um, and the brewery. Going Going forward? Sure. Well,
2: it, it, it is a self-nomination process. Um, uh, we need to make a submission for it. And based on that, they'll do a, a site visit. But really, it's all about judging, I guess, the contribution that the business makes to the tourism industry. So first of all, making sure that the business is well run, that it has a, you know, a, a proper business plan, that we've got objectives around our customer service and our, and our marketing. It also considers things like sustainability, which is one of our core values and also looks at how the business helps to support the tourism industry in our area and it ties all those things together i guess and and so it's not really the fact that you know it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with our beer although you know we need to have beer that people like uh in order for that to work but it it is more about how the business runs and, and how it contributes to the tourism offering for the area What it means to us, though, too, is when we first started our business, I didn't really understand the value of it. My my late wife, Fiona, was this was one thing that she was really passionate about, was making the business operate as best as it can. And this is a way of helping you to tick those boxes. So when you go through this submission process, and we've been doing it for quite a number of years now, and (laughs) this is the first time we've we've got gold, but we've come so close on, on a number of other occasions. But it, it helps you to look at your business and go, how could we be doing it better? You know, are, are we are we running this business as best as we can and being a good tourism operator, I guess? Um, and so it helps to address those. And I guess over the years, where we have been um, pipped at the post, if you like, by somebody else, we, we're able to look at it and go, okay, if we improve this area, then we stand a better chance of, you know getting that next year so I guess this is sort of an iterative process that's um, helped us to make a better and better business over the years and you know it, it seems to be working well for us too so it all works well
1: Scott apart from the recognition of I guess your achievements and and over the last 12 years as, as Matt indicated you've grown the business uh, into you know a place that made some beer and and uh, and kind of you know sold it by the pot to The point now, where it's it's very much what the old style breweries and brew pubs and hotels were in in country towns, the the sort of the community hub um, and and a place to meet and a place to sort of you know commiserate and and uh, you know share successes and you know toast the footy team and all those sorts of things. What does it mean now going going forward? How do, do do you think that people will see the brewery as more than than just a place that makes beer? because it's been recognised in this way?
2: Uh, I I think that that would be very subtle if if it did. I don't know that that is necessarily a direct effect. You know, it it is really more to recognise for for our own personal achievement, I think, and and to recognise, you know, OK, we're probably doing things right. (laughs) And, you know, as you say, it is one of our, you know, what I love to see is when people have obviously just ridden up Mount Buffalo or they've been out mountain biking in the Mystic Mountain Bike Park, or, um, you know, being out paragliding or, or running up and down hills. And, um, you know, they get back here and they do sit and have a beer and relax and talk about the adventures that they've just had. And that's the best part of it. You know, that's what really makes it all worthwhile for me. And, you know, that's why I moved here as well. That, that was, um, that's what I love to do when, you know, I've been out riding, you know, I'd love to get back and have a beer and talk about the ride or talk about the next adventure that you want to do. And, um, you know, I couldn't think of a better place
1: to do it. Has it been confirmed that this is, in fact, the first brewery to have taken out a gold medal in the Victorian Tourism Awards? It's it's quite often uh, wineries have, have been fairly prominent in um, taking the, the golds. Is this the first time a brewery's mm. done it?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I do believe Grand Ridge have have won it in the past. I'm not absolutely certain, but we'd certainly be the... I think we're the only brewery in the last decade or so that's won it. Eric's another uh, person who, I think, understands the value of these types of awards. And, uh, you know, he, I've, we've always seen him at the awards. He's, he has his beers there as well. Um, and, you know, he's been a, a great supporter of us. And, and, you know, one of the great things about the whole craft brewing industry too is, is how well we all get along. And, and you know, Eric's, Eric's been um, very supportive of, of our applications over the last few years. One of the things I
0: constantly come back to is the role that beer plays in uh, society. And it's not often seen as being by politicians and sort of lawmakers as being in the same category as wine. And for a whole lot of reasons, it's not. It's a very different product. But at the same time, awards like this really highlight the role that uh, breweries make in their local communities, um, both as a draw card and as, a, as an employer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is something that, uh, you do come up against occasionally is is the stigma I guess attached around around beer as a as a product especially when it comes to sponsorship you know we we try you know now that we're in a position uh, to be able to do it, we try and sponsor most of the uh, local outdoors events uh, as we can this weekend we're we're the major sponsor for the tour of bright which is a long-standing road race for the area and that was one of the uh, most. Rewarding things for me to pick up as you know, satisfying. Uh, I just, you know, I was stoked when we were able to become the, the sponsor for that. But you know, it it did at the same time raise issues around, oh, you, know, you know, should an alcohol supplier be the major sponsor for something like this? And I guess my answer to it is has always been, well, you know, would you would you ask the same question if it was a winery? And and because they usually wouldn't be saying it, it's, it is specifically because of the stigma attached to. To beer and, and that type of association. So, I think we are going a long way to helping to change that, and people are seeing that, you know, beer doesn't need to be this terrible product that I guess uh, some people are making it out to be. If it's, um, you know, if it's respected, I guess, and and that's that's what it comes down to is, you know, we're we're making a product that we're proud of, and we're not, you know, we're not making it for people to get smashed, if you like. It's just we're making it for people to enjoy. And it's part of enjoying uh, having having a fulfilling and enjoyable lifestyle.
0: But isn't that exactly the message we want to be getting out? That beer isn't necessarily for sitting yeah. uh, and watching sport. It's to you know, it's for when you've finished the sport.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is kind of the perfect uh, wind down beverage, if you like. And the fact that people can actually enjoy the flavour of it now is an added bonus, <laughs> and I think it helps for that too. You know, it helps to. Um, make it a more enjoyable process for everyone i alluded
0: to that when i talked about the growth of the brewery the bright is very much a summer sports destination as well as a gateway to the winter sports and uh you know you guys seem to be very much a fixture on it um and it's great seeing very fit people sitting there and having a beer i think it's great for beer but it's also great for the perception Mm. of uh you know of those sorts of alcohol that it can be a healthier aspect of life
2: Yeah, and it certainly helps to be getting exercise when you're drinking a bit of beer. You know, if you're you're, you're a brewer, being able to get out and get some exercise every day um, certainly helps to keep you in shape. And that's one of the great uh, things about being in a town like this. It makes it really easy to get out and do things.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, back into running to try and, uh, you know, at this time of year when there's a lot of social events, it's trying to run to keep some of that weight off or at least give you a reason to get to bed early when you're up at running at five. Mate, you guys have been around for a long time um, and you've also been outside of what we now see as something of a metropolitan craft beer bubble where you know there's such a dense um, group of breweries and beer drinkers that they're almost self-sustaining in, in in a way, and they uh, sort of very caught up in latest trends and things. You guys are outside of that, and you would see a much greater selection of traditional um, and modern beer drinkers. What's your take on how much craft beer is penetrating outside of that metropolitan area?
2: You're absolutely right. Um, you know, we started off very early on making what we thought were um, you know fairly easy-drinking beers and turned out, they were a bit too challenging for the customers back then, but that was 12 years ago. And in the last seven or eight years, you know, or five years especially, we've seen a massive change in what people will um, go for. We we developed our Bright Lager just because most of our customers uh, were not, especially early on, were not familiar with craft beer. So we we were trying to make a beer that they could um, drink without needing to um, challenge themselves too much. And that was... Certainly, our most popular beer up until a couple of years ago, but now our Blowhard Pale Ale is really starting to uh, dominate. So, and you know, that's a much hoppier beer, and so I think that's a sign that people's um, adjustments to craft beer are really starting to take hold, and and you're finding more of the general public are seeking out beers that have better flavor, more flavor. It's something that we do have. Most of our range is is fairly um, you know it's not particularly adventurous we do especially in our in our core range it's it's um you know they're they're just nice fairly easy drinking beers I would say um, and then we have our seasonal range of beers where we where we try and um, up the flavors and and do more interesting products but we are seeing i guess more and more people going for those as well so something you know we we'll just watch it and we'll probably adjust our, our beers as time goes by well we've got
0: you there and it, it wasn't released under bright Brewery's uh branding but you were involved in the uh beer for good project and uh you you, you brewed a beer uh to support marriage equity tell us a little bit about what uh yeah. the, you saw the benefits of that being
2: we know uh, James Bridgen from the Good Beer Company. Uh, I've known him for a couple of years now. And I guess our core values are active, sustainable, and authentic. And, you know, it doesn't mean we necessarily need to support causes, but, you know, some things like that, they're just, they're the right thing to do. And to be able to um, work with James to create a beer that helps to support something that's the right thing to do is um, we just uh, had to take that opportunity. And, and, you know, we had been talking about it anyway, just doing it internally. And then when uh, James mentioned that he was keen to do it, we thought, well, what better platform to to do it with? He knows a lot of movers and shakers, so he can he's able to get that beer out into the marketplace and, and um, get the message behind it right as well. You know, that's his focus. So I don't know how much it helped, but it certainly helps to show that, uh, and I think, you know, this is potentially the, probably the message for a lot of craft brewers is that um, a, a cause like that, you know, it just makes sense. And to show that a craft brewer is supportive of it, you know, every little bit helps.
0: Because it's an interesting one. And uh, that's why I uh, was interested in why you got involved because we have seen a lot of cause driven beers um, released onto the market recently. And uh, James had been doing the Great Barrier Beer. Um, that mm. I get the feeling that as passionate as he was about the cause and how many high profile people he had involved in it as a cause, it didn't really re- seem to resonate. And so the, the the beer didn't seem to get the cut through. Whereas the marriage mm. equality beer that you brewed, he said that has just been so successful. Um, it's an interesting uh, way to think of a cause related beer that it's not just being a good cause, yeah. but it's having the right cause and it's almost a marketing angle in that sense.
2: Yeah, I, I guess, you know, we didn't really think of it as a marketing angle. And and it's interesting, I you know, I wasn't really across how successful the Great Barrier Beer uh, has been. However, you know, we all know that discrimination is wrong, right? So, you know, something like this just that helps to reduce discrimination just seems to make sense. And so, Yeah, maybe that's why it's been so much more successful. You know, I I think it's a great, I just wish we could make more of it. (laughs) You know, we're, we're a couple of weeks away from actually getting our new brewery up and running. And, uh, and, you know, it would have been great to have that up and running for the, um, the love beer. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, whether he's, I I, I do believe he's planning to continue it for next year. um, And we should be able to get a bit more of it out. Um, So, you know, it's, all round, a good result from that point of view. Scott, before we let you go, fill us in how
1: um, how long before the new and it'll be a production-only brewery. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. That's right. When will when will that be yep. uh, up and up and running?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> touch wood. Hopefully by the end of next week. Um, we've just got a couple of bits of equipment to manoeuvre into place this week, uh, and then we've got commissioning happening next week. So um, possibly even get a brew through by the end of next week um that would be ideal um it's a little bit late for a little bit close to summer for us we would have liked to have it all up and running about a month ago but there were some uh shipping delays from canada and we're at where we're at but you know it's almost there so i think we've done pretty well getting it all up and running this year and looking forward to you know, getting our beers into production getting them out into the capital cities scott
0: one of the regular questions we ask uh our guests is a Question that was uh, fired in to us by one of our listeners, and uh, so it's come to be known as Pacey's Poser. Mm-hmm. L- looking back over you know the life of Bright Brewery, is there any one thing that you wish you could go back and do differently?
2: That's a good question. I think you know I probably would have built our restaurant earlier, if, or found a way to try and build the restaurant earlier. And I mean it's very easy to say that now, but before we had the restaurant up and running, it was a it was a difficult business to run because you know, we're very beholden to the weather and um, and the conditions outside. We're very cramped, very limited working space. So, yeah, look, that that would probably be the number one thing. But I don't know where we would have got the money from at the time. So, it's all just uh, it's kind of a moot point. We're at where we're at, and um, you know, I I'm a firm believer in reinvesting in your business and helping it to. Uh, become more solid and, and uh, endure through ups and downs because that's what you get, especially in the, in the tourism industry. Well, Scott, we here at Radio Brews News certainly wish you
1: all the best with your uh, endeavours, particularly with the new production brewery. And um, thanks again for joining us today on Beer is a Conversation. Cheers. Thanks, Prof. Thanks, Matt. Good to talk to you. Good to chat. Hopefully
0: we'll get to have a beer uh, with you and see the new brewery soon.
2: That'd be great. We'll uh, certainly let you know when it's up and running. I think we're looking at a bit of a launch party around February, so let you know how that goes.
0: And that was Scott Brandon. Radio Brews News and Beer as a Conversation are made possible by our generous sponsors, Cry Malt and Brewpack, who are not only supporting this conversation, they're supporting the good beer industry, and we thank them for that support. We also thank our Radio Brews News paid subscribers who donate a small amount each month to help keep the conversation going as well. Thank you for your support. If you like what we do, and you would like to support the show yourself, you can find a link in the show notes. You can make a one-off or regular small donation. You can also help us by helping others to find the show by leaving a review on iTunes or your favourite podcasting app. Finally, you can join the conversation by sending some feedback, comments or suggestions to producer at brewsnews.com.au. Join us next week for another great beer conversation.